mentioned the case of Nicaragua and the Somoza regime's ties to, to the mafia. Well, also, the Batista regime in Cuba was very closely linked to the mafia. And for people listening, I mean, they probably have seen Godfather Part Two. you know, this classic movie. And there's a scene where the U.S. mafia is meeting in Cuba and they have this cake with the image of Cuba on the cake, right? Like an icing. And then they slice up the cake representing Cuba and give a, a piece to everyone in that meeting. I mean, it's a very clear cinematic representation of the links between this kind of U.S. colonial regime in Cuba and the the U.S., you know, organized crime networks. But, um, you know, just I didn't want to interrupt your thought, but you also mentioned FDR and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Delano family and opium. Yeah, they made, that's where their fortune came from. The, the you know John Kerry, uh, he's like John Forbes Kerry, right? The Forbes family is opium. So I mean, it, it, the affinity between gangsters and capitalists is, has been there historically, and uh, it, it, it's not hard to see why they're just they're businessmen and they exploit people to make a profit. In whether you're a corporation or you're a criminal syndicate. So it's really the the affinity between these groups when you stop and think about it and you just set aside your kind of American social conditioning or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense, actually. So that's that if you have that frame of mind, then it's not that hard to understand, like, gosh, why were it was like Rockefeller and other Wall Street types? Why were they trying to, like, reestablish the drug, uh, the, the drug connection? in the golden triangle right after world war two, you know, like, but, but if you get that, they're always kind of intertwined, uh, informally before world war two and the intelligence services, the, the post-war national security state really just institutionalizes these things, including these darker elements like collaboration with the mafia. Uh, this, this comes about and it's a real, it's a fundamental, it's a big pillar of the American, the American deep state. And um, the 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 other families up there, like the, the Russell Trading Company, they sponsored. Um, they they pay for the Skull and Bones. You know, they they like have an endowment. They gave Yale all of its land, and they endowed Skull and Bones with a certain amount of money so it could exist. And these guys go on a lot disproportionately to work in like intelligence and other circle, other higher circles. And uh, you know, people want to mystify some of these secret societies, but I, I think in general they they represent you know, wealth and uh, cliquishness, collaboration for oligarchic elements. It's a yes. social reproduction. This is how the oligarchy reproduces itself. Right. Exactly. And so this is, and it's, it, it's not, it's not a random coincidence. It may be ironic, but it's also not a coincidence that the, the skull and bones, for example, is endowed by opium traffic because when it comes down to it, like oligarchy and in civil in any civilization, your oligarchs and your your political economic elites are the people who are in a position institutionally to be able to accumulate the surplus of the economy by without putting in requisite amount of work. That they're able to uh, have a position that allows them to accumulate work and thereby exploit people by doing very little. And that is that's the that's the situation that you the position that you want to be in. That's the essence of uh, being an elite in civilization is you don't have a job like basket maker or farmer. That your job is to retain, maintain your hegemony and your privileged position vis-a-vis the rest of society. And these are fundamental questions to civilization and the American uh, 
you know, experience represents one way that that has played out. I mean, it's, it really, you, you can't, it doesn't explain everything, but class, you know, the whole of history as class struggle is something that does actually uh, hold pretty, pretty true. Uh, And you can look at things that way. It's not helpful to think that everything is that, and that that is the only thing you should ever look at. But uh, it's important to note that that this is a this is a, a fundamental problem of civilization is the the power of elites and and the surplus of the economy and the the extra wealth that it generates and these economies these illicit economies can generate a lot of wealth and power and they do and the people at the very top always find ways uh, in a capitalist society to incorporate this I think I mentioned this on your show Ben but it was very funny when Joe Rogan said like man, you know that the banks are somehow involved with the drug trade because like, they're just not going to leave that money laying on the table. And when the financial crisis happened, it turns out that that's what kept the economy afloat was hot money. And uh, it's only, it only becomes noticeable when all the other money stops. But of course, it's, it's accumulating all the time. And who's really getting all that, getting all that money? And so this is the, the basis of this oligarchy in the United States. And it goes, it, it propels the U.S. to expand from sea to shining sea and the, the frontier acts as an outlet for extra labor and other problems for the United States. But then once they do get from sea to shining sea, the U S keeps going. And that is the U S empire that, that, that begins in the you know early 1900s or late 1890s, this, this international empire and these sort of uh, globally minded elites eventually are able to affect America's entry into world war one and uh, decisively, uh, and in a way that really wasn't in the best interest of American democracy, the American people, but it was in the best interest of J.P. Morgan uh, and other Anglophile elites, and uh, that sets the stage for World War II and the U.S. entry into World War II, which further aggrandizes the state and causes more organization of the military and and, uh, massive industrial production to deal, really solves the Depression, and uh, in the, that it was planned by these people that they would go for a global empire. And that episode is really important. The, US, the fateful U.S. decision to not just expand like Spanish-American war style or dollar diplomacy style into Latin America uh, or with saddling Europe with debt like after World War I, but that they're going to actually go for the holy grail of hegemony after World War II. This is a fateful moment and it, it gives rise to the deep state. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.